0: The following podcast is a B and E Network exclusive. A Little editor's note from Bill here. Um, a couple of glitches in this episode. Little distortion here and there in the background. You can handle it. There's some funny stuff that goes with it. I didn't want to take it out. Thanks. to another episode of long box small talk with you as always is your skipper bill Kirtner. and to my left my little gilligan rod the bod heron how you doing rodney
1: my little Ugh, skipper come on man i'm i'm more of a i'm i'm well no you know what i'm the skipper yeah no no, that's no, no a good one
0: i'm the skipper oh you're gilligan oh shit you're the bumbling idiot
1: who's the rich guy
0: uh, mr I mean, Howe. mr
1: Howe. Oh No, not the old one. The good-looking one. The scientist. No, he was a scientist. The scientist was not the rich guy. Well, he's a scientist. How poor can he be? You haven't met a lot of scientists, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> met a lot of scientists. Oh, God. What do you got to plug this week, my friend? Uh, this week, um, you know, we just always put more content on bmoviesandebooks.com. You know, our host's website. Our I'm sure, overlords. I'm, sure you, I'm sure, yes, our overlords. Our overlords, Brian and Craig. Brian and Craig, the old whip and other whip. <laughs> the whip and the chain. Uh, uh, what about yourself, sir? I know uh, you're doing a lot of musical stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, still working with the good old band, Red Boys. Uh We are re- about to record, I think, somewhere in July. Got a couple shows coming up. A lot of
1: online content coming up as well. Ooh, online content. You millennials. Yeah, you millennials. <laughs> you, you getting a MySpace page? Yes,
0: sir. Yes, you, getting
1: sir. A, you getting on Vivo? We,
0: we, yes, sir. We on the Vimo, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So, 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 something special this week, right? Could be do something, something different. Could do something different. different. Uh, we want to talk to you a little bit about the origins of Bill and Robin. Of our hosts, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because, one... For
0: those of you who don't know us, there's a ten-year age difference between the two of us. Yes. So we obviously started reading and and absorbing the culture at different points, and so it's interesting. Uh, Very bo- different points. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of us in the better points, yeah. you know. Others, you. Yeah. Well, it's hard to turn those pages <laughs> when they're made out of stone tablets.
1: <laughs> Look at the adventures of Fantastic Four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> They're using tools in this episode. Daddy,
1: tell me about Jack Covey. <laughs> tell me about Jack <laughs> Covey, Daddy. <laughs> Who's this old guy that's on all the Marvel movies? I don't He's got a weird mustache. I don't know who he is, but he's always hanging out in the background when shit's going down. So, how did you get in, into comics and, and the video game culture? Where? You're, you're 29, right? I'm 29. You're about to be 30. About to be 30 in Kay. just a few months here. Wow. Uh, wow. We actually have to celebrate. Uh, you know what? I, I've talked to Melissa. Melissa's my wife, by the way. talked to Melissa about it. We are not having a party, but she also insists that we have a party that week for no real reason, and I may or may not be there. <laughs> so, Wait a second. Wait a second. So we've collectively that, decided that, that I will not hold, have a birthday party. On. I like
0: this. <laughs> We're going to have a birthday party for you, but you're not going to be there. That's very possible. I will be there. <laughs> That's one more reason for me not to go. If you're going to be there.
1: It's bad enough we see each other this often. Yes, yes. So how did you get into comics? Um, and you know what? This is going to You're going to make fun of me for this. No, I won't. You totally will. No, I won't. Yes, you will. I got into comics at the grocery store. They that's, used to that's sell pretty much everybody. They used to sell little three packs for yeah. like five bucks. Yeah. Just random comics. And sometimes you even get like doubles. Cause obviously it's they're just packing up their extras yep. and things and their The last month's issues and whatever, whatever didn't sell. Um, and they would throw in a little, little three pack bundles. Yeah. And I would beg and beg and beg and beg my parents to buy me these little three pack bundles. And occasionally they would, buy me a little three pack bundle yeah and i'd go home and i'd read those three comics and i'd read those three comics and read those three comics and then that was it i would i I, maybe i had like a collection of maybe like 10 15 comics that i would just reread and reread and reread yeah um looking for little things that maybe i missed last time how old how old were you when you started um i was probably reading comic video games is a completely different story video games for me um, one of my first memories. Yeah. Um, I've, one of my first memories is my dad hooking up my Nintendo with me. Yeah. And having to turn the the coax cable in the back. And I've actually I, I think I've got an article here I'm gonna write here pretty soon about the origins of video gaming for someone my age. Yeah. Um, so I'll go into that more of that later. But but that was one of my first things is someone put a controller in my hands and it was magical. The easy
0: babysitter. I I, I ran <laughs> right and never
1: looked back. There you go. We'll say that. Um, but comics, um, I was probably about ten. Okay, I was probably about 10-ish somewhere in that range. That would have um, that would have put you in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, I was born in the mid eighties, so ten would have been the mid mid nineties. Okay, yeah. so mid nineties. Yeah. So, um, a lot of my comic books, if I remember correctly, from like ninety three to ninety six. I in, had a lot of interesting in that, in that
0: time range. during the boom, during the big
1: before the yeah. bubble burst. Yeah, a lot of weird costumes and big hair. Even even in the '90s, yeah, a
0: lot of foil covers and die cut covers and holograms. Yes, I remember. See, I was old enough; I drove to get those. Oh really? I remember those, but sometimes I was
1: lucky enough to get those in those packs.
0: Yeah, what can you remember was your first one? Do you know? Do you remember it?
1: I actually do. What was Um, it? Well, it was a three pack one, but it was my favorite of the three. Um, there was one that was, uh, 1969, I believe it was. Okay. Uh, it was like a kind of a, honestly, it was kind of a ripoff of Fantastic Four, but I think it was kind of a, an homage to Fantastic Four. Um, the man could stretch out into crystal. Uh, there was a woman who turned into like, um, a planet creature. Well, Keep talking. Are you, are you pulling this comic out Keep somewhere?
0: talking because I think I have it right here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So that comic, and then another comic, which, uh, had one of those holographic covers that you were just talking about?
0: No, it's, it's in the box. Yeah. I,
1: okay, yeah. so the comic's in the box. Okay. Yeah. So, um. anyway, it, it, that comic and then also a comic with one of those holographic covers you were mentioning earlier. Um, there were hundreds called, of them. There, there were. Um, But this was a number one. Mm-hmm. It was Saint Sinner. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember that comic yep. at all? Yep. I, I'm. Have you read more than the first one?
0: Oh, man. I... I
1: that could be the only issue that ever came out for that comic, as far as I know. I, know. I, I remember the name. Basically, the, this homeless kid killed an angel, and yeah. because of that, he yeah, had to. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that was that was one of my first uh, more adult comics that wasn't really geared toward children. I mean, yeah. I also picked up at the grocery store those little um, teenage mutant ninja turtles, um, the digest. I think so. Like the little Archie, the, they're like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I remember. Yeah, those. I had a bunch yeah. of those. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how it started for me. But it, the the real coming out point for when I became a comic book fan. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. No, no. fuck you. No. <laughs> when you wanted to be Rodinia or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> so fuck you. So no. Um, so uh, as listeners, you, you may not know this, but we're, uh, I'm from a very small town called Santa Fe, Texas. It's very it's, it's I can't whistle it. Oh, okay. You can't whistle it. I was gonna do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh. <laughs> so um Yeah, it's it's a very small kind of hick town, if you will. No, is that, is that, the hell you is say. That, is that
0: politically correct? Can we call them Hicks? We can't. Yeah, it's
1: safe to say it's a Hick town. Okay. It's it's a it's a farmer friendly town. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but it's funny, because I'm slowly making fun of you too uh, Oh, don't worry, I we'll get to, to my origin I actually had to drive into Alvin to uh. go to this particular place I went to the auction barn, do you remember the auction yes. barn?
0: Yes, yes I do
1: My dad I figured he was kind of a, a farmer since he lived among farmers uh-huh. And we had more than an acre so we we were at the auction barn all the time. We were like we're going to flip this cow and make some profit, you know. And I would watch that reality show. Yeah. T, what flip, is it? TLC Flip, flip This my cow? cow. Flip my cow? Yeah. That would be awesome. So um so we you know, we bought some animals, but at one point they would always sell like knickknacks and things before. Um, and this was my least favorite place in the world. Yeah, It was hot, there was no AC. Uh, it just h- h- hit being hot. Yeah. It, yeah, it's bad. Middle of summer, it was 102 degrees in a tin building, um, with animals everywhere. Just, (laughs) just horrible. So, but um, this one time, somebody was selling knickknacks and they had a box of I don't know a couple hundred comics. Oh wow! And my dad was like, "Hey, you like comics?" (laughs) <laughs> i like, like boxes <laughs> yeah. yeah i need those boxes for a, an unrelated reason i may as well buy my son these comics and he bought them for me and um it was one of the cooler things he's ever done it, it just because it, it started me on a path of really enjoying um i'd always love to read but boxes <laughs> uh, yeah it, my, <laughs> i sit in them like cats um but no um it, it it started my me on this path of not just liking reading but enjoying um the superhero media yeah um medium i should say um so i i went home immediately and sorted them and i was like oh here's like a run of something yeah oh here's four mini series that i you know that i can actually have a full story yeah so those became my favorite i had like uh in that box was the original uh marvel versus dc oh wow yeah Yeah, it was good stuff a lot of lobo Uh, ah i love lobo yeah a lot of um what robot fighter what was his Magnus name? Magnus Robot Fighter. Magnus Robot Fighter. Yeah. A lot of that in there. Some good like mid-90s stuff. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, and you better believe all four of those Marvel vs. DC had a foil cover on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a lot of Amaglam comics. Amalgam. Amalgam. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's okay. I'm sorry. I read that word when I was eight, and it's I was okay. like, oh. I had the same problem. Um, so a lot of those, which yeah. I, I had no clue. Well, which, But that was the... That was the postscript of the Marvel versus DC. Yes, it DC. was. Yes. Cause it, so, it, say, um, what was it? Batman and Wolverine got merged Dark and became Dark yeah. Claw. The one um, I really
0: like that I still have that I read last week, again, uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Where Bruce Wayne becomes part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and takes on basically the copy of the Joker meets Red Skull. The yeah. Green Skull. Yeah, the Green totally Skull. Awesome. I remember that. Yeah.
1: yeah no, I, I loved all of those. Yeah. Um, but that is where I kind of became a big fan of comics. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I enjoy comics differently than you. I, I really enjoy the storyline and the history behind them. And, but I don't care about who wrote it. And I'm not a big fan of... of oh, like, okay. I, I, don't, I don't...
0: I was going to say, I thought you thought I you know, was putting yeah, it in
1: glass somewhere and going... No, 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 no. no. Don't look at them peons. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, no, no. Completely different. Um, I just I'm not very good at following artists or inkers or you know writers. Um, I enjoy them for what they are. I enjoy yeah. the the story. Um, so that that's that's what first got me interested. Um, really, I've been interested ever since. Yeah. Um, now as as you grow older, obviously you have less and less time for your hobbies. So you kind of have to partition and. Kind of budget your time a little bit differently, so comics has fallen by the wayside a bit for me. But I still have that underlying love of all things superhero. Yeah. Um, what about what about yourself, Bill? Because I know I know, uh, like, I know. Yeah, you got ten years on me. So that's I'm thirty year. You're thirty
0: nine. Um, my earliest recollection, I definitely know at age two or three, I had uh, my grandmother got me issue two and three of the original Marvel Star Wars run from the grocery store. Because back then, I mean... Your grocery talk- store sold better comics than mine. But you got to understand, they always sold the comics. But this was... 78, 79. So, this was when they were out. Um, I remember that one definitely. But I remember my first one that I actually cognizantly read was either a Justice League or a Batman or Brave and the Bold, where Batman and Superman were fused together as one, and they they had green skin. And I, I love to search it down, because I remember the cover verbatim. It's them kind of split in half. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, half the creature is Batman, half is Superman, and the skin is green. I remember that one. And that was kind of how I started. And what year was that? Uh, I'm going to say... 80... 81. When I started reading, seriously. And then around 84 is when i started collecting and i started now you'll make fun of me the two that i started with you're right were were uh were from toy lines gi joe and transformers both of them i read both of them religiously um around 85 86 is when i discovered comic stores uh basically they were at the uh the first one i went to was at the Coles flea market between Houston and Pearland, and they had two or three stores in there, but they had one that this guy was totally ahead of the curve. I remember going in, and he had Watchmen on the wall. He had um, Dark Knight Returns, um, and this is when they were new. Yeah, I and mean, this was you know going right then going on. But he also had something that was very cool. He had the original run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. Indies, the Black and White? Yeah, the original black and white indie series. He had a couple of first runs, but he had a lot of second run issues. And I did have I did have a pretty good collection of the second runs because I could afford those on my allowance. But
1: That's interesting because that's before the Ninja Turtles even became like a, a big thing in America. That was right on the cusp. Like way right before the cartoon came we out. We had known the we had seen the promos for the cartoon. hmm and so this was a, it was a, they're putting comics out there so you can jump on. Well, the comics were way before. Yes. The comics were, I want to say. much different.
0: Yeah. Much darker tone. Oh yeah. Very um, adult. Yeah. Definitely not pizza eating and cowabunga. It was so, <laughs> so when you, when you read the book before you saw the show, you're thinking, oh shit, this is going to be hardcore. And It really wasn't. But, but my mainstay was Transformers and G.I. Joe and G.I. Joe Took me to the next place, which was the Punisher.
1: You know, I remember you went from GI Joe to the Punisher.
0: Yeah, what happened? Weird transition. Let me tell you what happened. In '86, uh, my dad traveled a lot, so my mom—it was my mom and the two of us—at the house. She taught me how to cook because she was a teacher, and she'd be sitting at the table. On a Saturday, she'd start at nine in the morning and work till nine or ten at night, grading papers, prepping for her next week's class. So she taught me to cook. And one night when I was about ten or eleven, I was making macaroni, and we had cast iron pots. Oh shit! They were heavy as hell, and you know I was a chunky lad, but not a not a strong lad. Obviously, I was yeah. only ten or eleven, and I went as usual to to. Drain the water out of the pan into the sink into the strainer, and the the pot slipped and burnt. Uh, my I, I was scolded with uh, this ain't funny. I'm, I'm not I really, was, I was scolded with hot water from about right here underneath my rib cage down to about an inch, two inches before my crotch. Okay. Uh, if it had been any lower, we I would have been, been spared Bill's offspring, <laughs> I wouldn't have had kids. Uh, and I, I, I had third degree burns. Jesus. And uh, had to go to the emergency room. How old were you? Uh, this was 86. This was 10 or 11. Yeah. Damn. I remember this is I was one, w- and you were in the hospital. Side note, side note, the season one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Tasha Yar dies was playing in the emergency room when I was waiting. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, that always, when I see that one, I kind of cringe a little bit because uh-huh. it hurts, but at the same time, it's memorable. So my yeah, dad comes back. Flashbacks in, about an episode. Of Star Trek. <laughs> bad flashback. <laughs> so my dad comes back into town, and he gets he gets my medicine for me from the from the drugstore, and I have to lay on a cot on my back in our living room for about two weeks. I can't even go in my own room. I can't really move because this is a third degree burn and it's got to yeah. heal. The good thing is, is I did heal pretty fast. I have no scarring whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see my crotch, I'll be more than no, happy I'm, to show you. I'm good. <laughs> anyway, but um, my dad was cool. He went to the drugstore in Alvin because obviously Mamble had no drugstores at that time. And while he was there, he picked up some. He picked up three or four comics, and he picked up a GI Joe, which I didn't have. But he said, "Look, they only had this one, but there's this guy here, and he's got a like a. He kind of looks like GI Joe. He's got a suit on. Well, why don't you check this out?" And it happened to be Punisher War Journal one and two. That's a good choice. Jim Lee's really some of his first solo Marvel work, yeah, art wise. But and I just sat there and I read those things until the covers
1: literally fell off. So I was not laughing earlier. I want to be know, clear about that. I know. I know. No, I was thinking in my head, you're Mr. Glass.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. basically what happened. I love. I love you Unbreakable. Go, I, I, I do. I do movie. as well. I love it. But
1: you're you're Mr. Glass. You got injured. You had to stay inside. Exactly. And you had nothing to do but use your imagination and, and read comics. In defenso, before the accident, I was Mr. Platt.
0: <laughs> I've never liked the outside. I hate the heat. I hate the humidity. I love the winter. That's going to be a problem in Texas, sir. Yeah, you, you, you adapt. But, <laughs> but I've always, as a kid, I always was a kid that we lived so far away from people. We lived probably four miles from anybody. So you can't ride a bike to your friend's house. So my sister to this day is one of my best friends. Like, I adore her. And we talk once or twice a week. And, you you know, we, of course, as kids, we annoyed each other. But if you didn't have, if I didn't have her, I'd just be in my room reading. I would just read. And I had a collection. Um, anyway, so Punisher, that started my love of Punisher. And, and Punisher was the thing I read... Uh, until I moved to England. And when I, when I got to England, I discovered all the English stuff. Uh, so why
1: did you move to England? Just because my, of uh, my dad
0: had a job transfer. Okay. He works in an offshoot of the oil industry that the, the manufactured parts. And they needed somebody to run their English uh, office. And he was the guy. They said, look, you, you know what you're doing. You're coming up in the ranks. We want you to go. And he said, if I go, my family goes, and my kids go to an American school. Because I don't want them to have to lose years while we live there. Yeah. And uh, best education I got, two years, American Air Force Base School. Best, most fun I ever had in school. Um, but before, when they went over to find the house and to get us set up in school, um, they brought me back for Christmas in 1987. They brought me probably like a three-inch stack of comics from England. Death's Head, Dragon's Claw. Judge Dredd, uh, all the 2000 AD stuff.
1: Judge Dredd is is English? Yeah. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, Judge Dredd is from 2000 AD. I love it. I love all that stuff. And that really, that set my mind ablaze. I got over there and basically found a completely different world that my house was a mile and a half from a newsstand. I could go buy anything. They They had magazine stores and comic book stores and and you could take a train twenty miles down the road. It took fifteen minutes, and you could go to a mall, and you didn't have to have your parents. You know, it was amazing. Uh, I remember going. I had a regular comic book store I went to every month. You know, I, I had to behave, had to make good grades, and my parents would take me. And I just remember every. It was so much fun. Like that was, that was my time to really flourish as a reader. And that's when I got into X Men, and then all the American stuff. I started going back to the Marvel. DC at the time was kind of weak. This is the late 80s. You know, aside from the big, the well-noted stuff like Dark Knight Returns, like Watchmen, it wasn't the hotbed. It was a very stagnant place for for reading. You know, there wasn't, there weren't really epic stories. Now, you did have like Grant Morrison on Animal Man, but that wasn't something that was jumping out. Like, people, people retcon it and say now, they go, oh yeah, Morrison's Animal Man, but you went to a comic book store in the late 80s. Nobody was buying very f- yeah, Very few are reading it. You know, uh, Swamp Thing was well-known, but I didn't read that. It was a little, little dark for my taste. Please your to bring
1: you Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Craig from B Movies and Ebooks. And if you don't know about B Movies and Ebooks, it's basically a podcast between two lifelong friends. We cover horror movies, cult movies, and B movies on a bi weekly basis. And also, we talk about the latest genre fiction we've read. So, after you get done listening to this fine episode of Long Box Small Talk, head on over to iTunes and search for B Movies and Ebooks and hit subscribe. It's easy to do, you'll be entertained, and you're going to find out about a ton of titles you never even knew existed.
0: But Batman was a huge deal to comic guys because, you know, everybody grew up, everybody my age grew up on the reruns of the 60s Batman. And you love it. It's fun. It is a version of Batman. But then you got the 89 version, which matched the tone of the comics, Mm -hmm. which matched what you had been reading. You know, the Dark Knight, the Cape Crusader. Um, And a Joker that was an interesting take on the Joker. More an artsy Joker. More uh, a psychotic, you know, that matched the Joker you saw in Arkham Asylum. So, and that was also, that was huge. I had that when it came out. I also had uh, what was technically the first, I think it was the first digital made comic, which was Batman Digital Justice, which is a terrible book. <laughs> it's a terrible graphic novel. It The art is terrible, but it, it feeds into the late 80s cyberpunk era. Yeah. And I think the first one was actually a, a Iron Man comic. They were still trying
1: to figure out how com- uh, comics and computers can kind of yeah. be fitted together.
0: You were still five to ten years away from it working. But
1: yeah. that's the era I grew up in. Honestly, w- I, don't, I don't think people really understood the computer world until really the Matrix. Like, around that, that time. It was that late, I feel. Well, but I mean, you were having computer-generated
0: effects... But nobody could touch, like, you know, the, the high water marks from the 90s definitely were T2, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Things of those nature. Like, you, sp- you had to spend, the budget was on those shots. The budget was on the liquid Terminator walking out of the fire. The yeah. budget
1: was the T-Rex chasing the car. What I was more so saying is that, that people didn't understand it. Sure. You know what I mean? They, that, that was magic. Jurassic Park, when it came out, that was magic. I think it still is. Yeah, the first uh, one's amazing, and, and yeah. even the effects—they don't. It doesn't. It didn't age very. It, it aged very well. It. It's. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're good. Yeah. You know,
0: I mean, obviously, up against something more more recent, obviously, it's not going to be as solid. But then take it up against the prequels, where in Attack of the Clones, you can see them step off the ship onto the green screen platform. And you just kind of cringe. But we won't talk about the Star Wars. We did that last time. Yeah. But. Um, we don't want to be depressed. We don't want to cry again at the yeah. end of the episode. But, but, yeah, so the 80s, I mean, I just remember so many things. I remember reading the issue of Action Comics, which introduces the pseudo Fantastic Four that dies, and that's how you get the cybernetic Superman years later. Mm-hmm. The, astro- the guy that would have been Mr. Fantastic became the cybernetic Superman. I remember ha- I had that issue. Um, you know, I remember things like, you You don't know this it, this comic, but there was a four-issue miniseries in Epic Comics, which was the adult Marvel line uh, called Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown, which was a four issues of, of this pa- beautifully painted comic mm-hmm. where Havoc and Wolverine go on vacation and get kidnapped. And it's it's all adult. And it's kind of like a spy... Kind of like a espionage kind of thing, and then there's a bad guy at the end. Really cool stuff. I mean, there was this was a different time. This was right when they're when when they're bringing in this dark edge, and Dark Knight kind of opened the floodgates up, and people were ready to see things. Watchmen opened the floodgates. Oh up. yeah. So there's a lot of interesting stuff, but like that's when I moved to England. I remember getting a couple of issues of X Men, and that's when I kind of got X Men, and I think that comes with. I think it kind of came at a right time at puberty because, as you're kind of getting, you know, your as your body is changing, like you kind of relate to the mutants in some in certain ways. Yeah, um, and it's also that with eighties, late eighties, early nineties X Men was real sexy, you know, and that was kind of cool about it. Was it? It was. It wasn't Batman at the time. That was you know the blue and the gray suit. It was you know very you know Rogue who was very buxom. You yeah. know. And Wolverine, you know, with the cool hair and the chomping on the cigars. And that, that's, that, that's my golden age. I remember, I mean, vividly remember that. That's I love it. You know, I still read to this day and I won't quit, never will quit. You know, if, and if that labels me something negative, then fine. But I will always, I'll always read as long as I'm breathing. But that, that's, moving to England definitely. Um, definitely opened my imagination up. Mm-hmm. And my taste. Because at, at one point it was very gun, toy oriented. And then you get away from that and you start seeing all all the stories. You start reading the stories for real and seeing what's in there. And um, I don't regret that. But also having a mom and a grandmom that were very cool. You know, and my, my grandparents on my mom's side uh, raised us a lot when my parents had to work. And... They were very cool, and they would take us to the flea market. They would take us. My grandmother, I remember, pulling out a phone book and saying, "Okay, there's this place called HBC Comics in Clear Lake. Do you want to go?" Yeah, of course. <laughs> and she'd go, and she'd hand you a ten dollar bill. And back then, ten dollars got a lot. You know, even in the late eighties, you could still get four or five, maybe six issues.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and back issue was she... that
1: back in what like $199, one ninety nine one. 50, no, we're range.
0: we're we're talking. You were probably just breaking the dollar range at that point because it made a pretty fast jump after a dollar. It wasn't, <laughs> but two. It wasn't two or three years later. It started hitting a buck ninety nine, like it went fast. But it that was the best part. And I, and I and God bless my grandparents. I love them. I miss them so much. But that they were enablers for that. They definitely. Because I wasn't an athletic kid, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't show any interest in wanting to do anything else, but I love reading comics. And I had, I had the first real Punisher poster, the, the painted one of him. It's, it's him kind of waist up, standing behind, the, in front of the skull, and he's, like, cocking the ammo into the gun. He's putting the ammo... He's reloading. The, but, yeah, reloading into the butt, okay. the butt of the gun. And it's, I still wish I had that. I had I probably had that in my room... I knew I had it when I moved to England. I put it up in England. And I came back and I had it. I I had that probably from age twelve to probably age seventeen, hanging up in my room. And I want another one of those posters if I can find it because that that just that just screams to me my youth and what I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how I got into it.
1: Yeah, you know, I I actually kind of have a similar like poster of your of my youth. Mm-hmm. I have I have a, a you know, again I'm much younger than you. But I have a uh, 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live-action movie, oh, like yeah. one of the laminated posters that that, uh, that they used to put actually behind like the lit lights. Yeah. Uh, you know to show what movies are playing in that yeah. particular theater. That's what I have, and uh, other than some some pinholes in it, looks great. That was another movie though. That was that was
0: the year that was six to eight months after Batman. I want to say that was in, Batman yeah, it was, was, it was Batman was 89. No, Ninja Turtles was 90. Yeah. Ninja, Ninja Turtles was 90. So I think it was, may have been eight months to a year, but that was another one that was equally as big. And you know. Yeah. I actually, I feel like that first one really holds up. I, funny enough, I was sat down and watched it with my kids about six months ago. Yeah. Well, they think none of them had seen it. No, I take it back. My son had seen it cause he used to have the two pack. He used to have the two pack with one and two. Everybody liked it because it's fun. It's yeah. a little dark, but it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's not cheesy. It wasn't an install. I mean, there was a couple of things fashion-wise, hair-wise. Yes. The music-wise. <laughs> it was really cool to see Sam Rockwell, though, in his, one of his first roles. Yeah. You know, as the, the teenage guy that hands out the cigarettes, you know. <laughs> but um, it's fun. And I, But that was important when it came out because that was another another. That was an independent property that got adapted. It had been a children's show briefly. Very briefly. I think the first... Three seasons? No, the first run... What you guys... You're, you're too young to remember. The first run of Ninja Turtles was only like... I want to say like six to ten episodes.
1: Yeah, they were short
0: seasons. But yeah, I, I it think was very... Bar- I think they one, did three. The first one was Two a very... Two and a half, three. Think, I think we were, we were beginning the second season. Because they had done the first one as a test run. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this is hand-drawn back then. So it took another year and a half to get another season.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, that was... And that really kicked it off, you know. But I also remember... Oh, God. I remember reading a Starlog magazine. That was the sci-fi version of Fangoria. Okay. Like you had Fangoria, but then uh-huh. they also made Starlog for science fiction. But there were two things. One... They did a. They said that they had a casting of X Men in '88. They were they were doing a rough casting of that movie, and everybody had Schwarzenegger as uh, Colossus, and Mel Gibson as Wolverine.
1: You know, in that time period, I see it. I could see it. Yeah, I mean, le- right off, Lethal Weapon like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that that was what that was going to be. Uh. I don't remember who they had as Professor X. You know what? Funny enough, if I remember the article correctly, they had Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Because that would have been about two and a half years into the Next Generation run. So he That's was pretty weird. A lot of people had him pegged from the beginning because he fits the. There was a cartoon in '88 called Pride of the X Men. Uh, if you get a chance, look it up on YouTube. It was a one-shot cartoon done by Marvel. And it had Wolverine with an Australian voice. Um, But it had, like, that generation of X-Men. Juggernaut was in it. But Professor X sounds like, kind of like a a slightly more American version of Patrick Stewart. And I think that's what kind of, that's what started it. And I mean, that was ten years before they did the movie. And people
1: were already saying, Patrick Stewart. Um, and it's odd, that because from the stories that I've read about Patrick Stewart and taking the, the role for the first time, he accepted the role before really even knowing who Professor X was. Yeah. So someone handed him a stack of X-Men comics and was like, hey, look, look that's your character right there. And yeah. he literally responded, how long have these comics been out? Why am I in this comic? Like, yeah. I am in this comic. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's, it's, it's not I'm sure like, it crosses mind is like who do I sue? It, well, like. it's,
0: yeah, it's not like Sam Jackson with the Ultimates where he's basically like, okay, and how much do I get for licensing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because this is me. Yeah, you know this, and they and they were like, yeah, it's you, and we gotta get, you know, we're gonna let you be in the movie, and he's like, the movie. Of course, in in 2000, 2001 everybody laughed. They're like, Avengers movie, ha ha ha. There's so, no way that'll ever happen. Oh God. If only you could go back and tell those people, if you think Spider Man, if you think Spider Man One is good, wait till you see Avengers. Wait till you see Iron Man. Yeah, wait five years and see Iron Man, which which was such a great film. It yeah. really was. Yeah,
1: I remember watching Spider Man in theaters and, and walking out. I walked out of it like I've walked out of a lot of early Marvel movies, saying yeah. that was an okay summer movie. You know, because that's what it was. That's how I thought of it. Still, um, it was before. So much was expected of them. You know, the, the first Fantastic Four, it was dumped out in the summer. Uh, again, I watched it. I was like, it's got a lot of problems, but it's an okay movie, you know? Um, and, you know, the new ones coming out here, what, in the next few months, right? Next month, I believe, yeah. Next month, yeah. And, okay. And I feel like this one might be another okay summer movie. I... I'm interested. I want I want you
0: and I to go see it because okay. I, I want to do that. And we'll we'll do a um
1: and come a, back and talk right about it. Yeah, because
0: I think this could be different. You think I, so? I think so. I think I know that the production was plagued by a lot of stress. I know that it so much so that it gave Josh Trank PTSD that he did not want to do Star Wars, whatever the the Boba Fett Han Solo movie is. Like it scared him so much he had to get back. To, to do something small. Yeah. But I think there's an interesting kind of David Cronenberg vibe from the movie. You know, uh, an exist existence or video drone kind of feel with some of the body horror concept, like of the thing and, and visible girl and even the torch, like there's something there and even doom for that matter. And it could be interesting. You know, I like you and I were talking about, what were we talking about? Uh, Mr. Fantastic doesn't stretch. That Was that you and I talking about it? Where he doesn't actually stretch. He bends time, space, so it looks like he stretches.
1: No, yeah, that was not me. Yeah. so That's an interesting thought, though. It's an
0: interesting theory to doing that. Um, and it also, because they're going into an, a, a different dimension, and if they call it the end zone, then that opens us up in the next film for Annihilus. Yeah. Which could be an incredible movie if done correctly.
1: And and honestly, uh, what, I, what I was when I was watching the, the trailer for the first time when it first came out, um, and you know, honestly, this could be the second trailer. I keep saying honestly, it's like okay. I'm like I'm gonna be lying. It's okay, <laughs> but um, it could have been the second trailer when they first showed Doom for the first time. Yeah, I instantly lost all hope for that movie. How many fucking times do we have to see the Fantastic Four fight Doom? And I understand that he's important, but between video games and, and comics and the movies, yeah. how many different times are they going to fight him?
0: Well, we talked about this on the first episode. But did yeah, we? Okay. Yeah, we talked about, because I, I, I feel they're, I, I, as interesting as they are, and they are the building block for Marvel stories, they are highly unrelatable. and yes, highly. And we did talk about that. Yeah, so, I feel
1: you, they could have come but up they, with, Yeah, they still have a, a better rogues gallery than just Doom. I feel, I feel like you could have started with the Mole Men. I would have watched the shit out of them versus the Mole
0: Men. You know, the giant creature, then the Mole Men in the first movie. Second movie, you could introduce Doom. Third movie, you bring in Galactus. And you bring in a guy, you know, you bring in a giant alien with a skirt and a helmet. And you got you to gotta use your brain to defeat this guy. And, and that, that could be good. But at the same time, maybe we don't need to make that movie. Maybe we do know that story. Yeah, maybe we don't need to see that. Maybe we could see, you know, another Marvel character. They have so many characters now that are, you know, we we've, we've seen that they can take Guardians of the Galaxy and that they can make it they can make something that's like a BC-less roster into a less property. Yeah. Think of the hundreds of thousands of characters they have. You know, and at the end of at the end of Guardians they just do a joke on Howard the Duck. It's a little joke cameo. Yeah, it's a throwaway. How many people lit the internet up and said, "Make another movie, but do it right this time. Make it, make it like the character. Don't make it that shitty '80s film they did. Yeah. That horrendous piece of crap." And I don't care what anybody says; it's junk. In comparison, you could do a, you could do a CGI film. You could do a film like Guardians. You could, you could have, you know, this duck. That's a private detective, just like in, in, in the regular Marvel comics, and make it a comedy and make it fun, and it doesn't have to be a huge budget. Yeah, and you never mention that he's even a duck. Never. Or, or, <laughs> or make that, you know, make it, you know, in the book, it's, that's, that's kind of the big deal, is he's, he's like, he feels discriminated because he is a, a humanoid duck. So, uh, there's so much you could do with it, and it would be a lot of fun. And I'd rather see them, I'd rather Marvel say, and, and I know Fantastic Four is not Marvel. It's uh, Fox. Fox, yeah. So I know that Marvel has nothing to do with them. But I would like to see those people say, uh, you know, maybe we don't need to make this. Maybe we'll make something else. You know, we'll pick
1: another character we have access to, and let's just make that, you know. And and it, I know we talked about last episode how there was kind of a liquidity uh, now to stories, yeah. you know, a lot of times in comics. So you know, what happened in issue five of one series doesn't necessarily affect issue five of a different one. Yeah. Um, and I would have really liked them to, to do that in this one. I, I think it's a very underrated movie in my opinion, but the the Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton movie Yes, excellent. I love that one. Um, I mean, the new guy, I, I'm forgetting his name now. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Um, he does an amazing job as well. He does. But I like the Edward Norton movie. It's a good movie. It stands on its own, I feel. It's got tons of action in it did you ever watch the original series as a kid uh not really um as a young child i usually didn't get the remote ed so the ed norton version
0: is is almost a direct throwback to that yeah it has that vibe um the ruffalo is great because he plays it a little different but at the same time you can feel that it's the same kind of guy with an issue yeah And I think he makes a. I think both are great. I, I, but that's there's a reason why. You know the reason why they won't make a single, a standalone, Hulk movie, right? It's because, uh, they would have to use, Edward Norton again. Oh, something in his contract. Yes, they can do Hulk in the Avengers as Mark Ruffalo. But if they do a standalone, they either have to pay out Ed Norton or they
1: have to use Ed Norton. Honestly, I'd be okay with it. I like Norton. Yeah. I thought he did fine. I thought that movie was great. Um, I know there's some behind-the-scenes drama, but... Well, you know he rewrote the whole thing. Yeah. That's ballsy. It's That's very badass. ballsy. Well, I mean, it, it's badass because it turned out good. Hell yeah. But if he had fucked it up, <laughs> you know... Like, exactly. It would, be, it would be an unforgivable sin. Exactly. But, He'd never
0: work again. But he kind of came in and saw, yeah, this isn't working... And fixed it up and touched it up. And and it worked. It was a good film, man. I think it's better than the second Thor movie. Uh, Uh,
1: I think a lot of things are better than the second Thor movie. I
0: think the first Thor is fun. The first Thor is fun, yes. It's a lot of fun. The second Thor is just like, oh, this is the Loki show. (laughs) Well, and it's being truthful. Loki picked up a lot of steam. And that's all people want to see. They don't want a Thor movie as much as they want a Loki movie. Tom Hiddleston dressed up in green armor. You know, oh, look at me. I'm the fancy lad. Oh, my hat
1: has horns. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> yeah. but there's, um, I'm sorry. We were talking about the, 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 different hulks. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do think that Edward, Edward Norton did an amazing job. First off, I gotta say that out there, but I feel like he was too in control, which I know at the end of the movie, you show he literally is in control. Yeah. Um, but in that movie, the Hulk to me is always supposed to be kind of a a listless list time bomb. I mean that he's walking around. He's a he's an actual nuclear weapon, walk gamma weapon, walking around, and you never know when you know, he'll go off. Um, and, but Edward Norton he played it too much like he was in control. Yeah, and maybe that's because he wrote it like I want to be more confident and I don't want to play this loser kind of character. No. Um, who kind of sorta gets the girl but then kind of sorta doesn't. Um
0: I I love I love in the Ed Norton one they introduced Thunderbolt Ross as uh oh hell, who was it? Who was uh, Sam No 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 that Sam Elliott Sam Elliott
1: Sam Elliott was in the first one. Oh, I'm sorry I brought that up. I did not mean to. I apologize to listeners. But that's not a bad version. It is I will walk out. <laughs> No, I you gotta watch it because it's interesting. I've watched it. I've watched it multiple times. I've waited years between viewings so that I'm like, "Mm, it's not bad. My palate's kind of clear right now. Let me watch this movie again. Nope, it still sucks. Don't you could shave thirty
0: minutes off to make a good hour forty straight ahead film.
1: I would pay regular ticket price to not watch that movie. (laughs) Ang Lee will thank you for that. I'm sure. Yeah, like. Yeah, he needs the money. So, like, I, I would I would literally, like, if you were like, hey, here's a chair, but look, the Hulk is on. I'd be like, oh, I'll go stand outside. <laughs> can I go to the dentist? Yeah,
0: can I? <laughs> no, I, I understand. I rewatched it uh, about a year ago, and it wasn't nearly as bad. It has its moments. Um, it drags in a couple of places, but at the same time, we hadn't mastered the comic film yet. Like you said, Spider-Man was okay. X-Men was fun. We had X-Men 2 at that point. That was good. I think we were just about to have Spider-Man 2.
1: When do you think the training wheels came off for comic book movies in general? Iron Iron Man. Man? Iron Man? I don't agree with that.
0: Iron Man Man set the bar because Marvel made a gamble with a character that wasn't Mm well-known. I mean, outside of your regular geeks, I would say you would probably get 10% of regular america, regular joe america that might know who iron man is. But oh, I'm
1: sorry, I thought you were talking about uh the guy he fought. Um the what was his name?
0: Uh, the Iron The Iron Monger? Iron Monger. No, no, but but Iron Man. Okay. You feel like
1: Iron Man was big before that?
0: Not 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 like now. Not right well, now. You could say that about any of the Marvel no, characters. No, 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 no. Go if you were really able to go back. Yeah. Mo- because you 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 grew up knowing who it was. But oh, I was in that
1: 10%. That you're makes in a lot
0: of you're sense. in you're in the 10%ers. Outside of that 10%, I'd say there's probably about another 10% that might have an idea who he is, that might have seen it somewhere. Okay? So, but the other 80% of the world did not know who he was. So that was a big deal to take a a low-tier character and to come in swinging and say, "We're starting something here." Okay? But to make it good, to make it action-packed, to make it funny, to take the risk at the time hiring Robert Downey Jr., yeah. which I don't know why people think he was non-existent. Holy shit. He had just done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Singing Detective. He was on a roll making really great films. I, I can't... But not big films. They weren't huge, but if you were paying attention like I was, they were incredible films.
1: They were great. Oh Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
0: Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is still one of the best.
1: Yeah. Um, but, but before Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, what was his last movie? Exactly. I don't, I, right now I can't remember, but, because I know for a fact that something happened early on. That kind of—I'm sure it was drugs. Alcohol. Oh, he it was, was big one time of the into drugs, Yeah, yeah. Big time. He, <laughs> he was Iron Man without the money at that point. <laughs> exactly. Um, now he is Iron Man. Now he is. Iron I think Man. now he literally, literally is. Iron I
0: don't Man. think he'll change his name to Tony Stark. I think he'll change his name to Iron Man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he'll think he Ocho it. You know, l- l- that's, that's Ooh, a good second b- sports l- reference. B- before we end this, this is a good speculation. Okay, his contract ends with. I believe Infinity War one and two.
1: Do you think he'll do another Iron Man? No. I do not think he'll do another Iron Man. I think if he hasn't by this point, I think he will be in uh Guardians of the Galaxy. He will want to take think, Tony Stark you, into space. You, you think well, you know they did that. Well, they did that. They did... Oh, yeah, of course. The
0: first arc of the the last series started with Stark with them in space. Yes.
1: Yes, Um, Yeah, I've I've read that. But I think that he is done with the character unless he can do something extraordinary with it. uh, You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I think... I
0: listen to him go on Stern at least two or three times a year. I don't think he'll come back and do it. I think they will find... I think they will go with either the kid from three, maybe not that same actor, but that character from three. Yeah. Or they introduce his nephew Arno somewhere and Arno takes over as Iron Man. That's possible. Yes. And it'll be a younger, it'll be a guy in his 20s so they can get four or five movies out of him. You know, and it'll be the it'll be the
1: American James Bond, or they could they could also do the same thing they did with the cartoon and bring it back where he's a kid in high school, and the Ultimate Iron the, Man. The, yeah. Well, yeah, the Ultimate Iron Man, the but,
0: origin story.
1: Well, have you seen the um, the, the Iron Man I cartoon? Know, yeah, I've saw it. where he's okay. young and yeah, it's yeah. kind of got like a CGI look to it. Yeah, it's really good. But um, to do
0: that, they'd have to go backwards with the universe, or they'd have to go out of
1: continuity. Well, I mean, I I don't. I feel like this is, you know how they they broke it up into series for one, two, three. Phase one, two, phase three. one, two, three, yeah. three for the the series. Um, after that, it could be anything. They could reset everything again. I thought I heard Kevin Feige say they
0: have up to phase seven planned. Oh, can you believe that? No, not at all. They said something to the fact of they know they've got an idea what's coming up. Up to 2026 or
1: 2028. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't know. I don't know. You're telling me somewhere, somewhere in a vault at Disney, they have a just a whiteboard that has like I, You know outlines. what? I would, I would bet they
0: have a whiteboard in a vault before they would put it on a computer. Oh, well, yeah. After the Sony hacks, I yeah. guarantee you. And think about that. From here on out, like, we're going to have that, that terminology... You remember the Sony hacks of 2014. <laughs> where, were you, where were you when the interview went on VOD? Paper. It's the new computer.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that sounds like a good wrap-up point. Uh, again, uh, this is a nice little uh, bonus, the origin episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I am your Skipper Bill. And I'm Rodney. And this is Longbox Talk. another issue in the bin. We'll see you next issue. <laughs>
1: you just heard is part of the B&E Network brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com.